0: To the Primal Potential Podcast, I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you are having a wonderful day today. Happy New Year. Is this officially the first episode? I'm trying to figure out when it airs. This is the first episode of 2024, and I'm really pumped to kick it off with you. Thanks so much for being here. I know you could be doing a lot of things, listening to a lot of things, and you are here, that means a lot to me. I want to kick off this episode by saying I would love to be a big part of the goals you're pursuing in 2024. More specifically, I'd love to be a big part of you achieving those goals, of you making progress, incremental progress, baby steps in that direction every single week. So let me know what you're working on. I'd love for you to DM me on Instagram, tell me what one or two of your primary goals are for 2024. Let me know what action steps you are focused on taking in the month of January. So a couple episodes ago, in 1155, I did a whole episode on my process for setting goals that you're highly likely to achieve. I fully understand that a lot of people have a resistance to goal setting, especially goal setting around the new year, because there's a huge pattern in a lot of people of setting them and forgetting them. But that doesn't mean that we should just Not set goals or not capitalize on the renewed energy and focus and determination that can come for so many of us in the start of a month, and the start of a year, and certainly when those two things coincide as they are right now. So in episode 1155, I talked about my specific process for setting goals that you are highly likely to achieve and... I shared with you a totally free worksheet so that you can go through that process for yourself on paper. And I wanted to do a follow-up episode today. So definitely start with 1155 if you haven't listened to that one yet. I wanted to do a follow-up episode today because I don't want to deny the very obvious fact that you can set goals and you can set the quarterly milestones and you can establish daily action items. And not do them, right? You can buy the consistency calendar and not use it. You can be the person who starts out with a ton of momentum and a new process and a lot of specificity and still says, I'll start tomorrow or I blew it today, so I'll give it a shot on Monday or this one thing won't hurt. Or I'm too tired, I got the flu, I have a headache, I don't have time, I don't even care. And I wanted to do an episode specific to overcoming those patterns. Because here's the deal, nobody will coach you more than the voice in your own head. I don't care if you have a one-on-one coach, I don't care if you're in a mastermind, I don't care if you listen to every podcast under the sun every single day, nobody will coach you more than the voice in your own head. So if the voice in your head is saying, I don't really care, this one thing won't hurt, I'll start tomorrow, that is the path that you will stay on. So we have to become better coaches of ourselves, and that is a bigger part of the process then the goal setting, then breaking it down to quarterly milestones, then establishing daily action items, then having some process in place to track your execution of those daily action items. The way that you talk to yourself is going to be the primary determining factor in how your goals go, in if you accomplish what you're setting out to accomplish or not. So I want to share with you today a bunch of questions that you can use as tools. And the word use is a really important word here. You have to actually use them. They're not going to do anything for you if you just hear them. And you have to use them when you need them. I used to be a person who would say the affirmations and get clear on the goals in the morning and wonder why the morning was great and the afternoon or the evening was a dumpster fire. It was because I wasn't using the tools when I needed them most. It's not that I didn't need them in the morning, but I needed them most after a stressful day at work. And I wasn't using them. I wasn't using my tools after a stressful day at work. I needed the tools most after dinner in that wind down time before bed. And surprise, surprise, I wasn't using the tools then. I was using the tools on Sunday nights when I was gearing up for a week, but not as the week went on. I was using the tools in the morning when I carved out time to journal, but I wasn't using the tools when I needed them the most. And that is a big turning point for folks when they start to make progress. It's not just that they know the tools. It's not just that they use the tools. You have to use the tools, whether it's a question, it's a journal, it's the consistency calendar, it's a coach, it's a mentor. You have to use the tools when you need them most instead of what I think a lot of folks do is when they're struggling They drift into the shadows. There are a couple of clients that I have that I've had for a really long time, and I know when they're not doing well because that's when I don't hear from them. And I hear from them when things are going well, and it sounds like the last time things were going well, and then they disappear again. We have to break that pattern of disappearing either from people who hold us accountable or from our engagement with the tools that we have. There are so many different tools that you might have. It might be checking your weight, checking your measurements. It might be updating your budget. It might be checking in with a coach or a mentor or a program. It might be the consistency calendar. It might be a combination of several of those things or something else altogether. But you must use the tools when you need them. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, what are my most common times of struggle. When do I struggle the most? When do I struggle the most? That's the first one that I want you to think about. Is it weekends? Evenings? When work gets stressful? When I'm not feeling well? When some condition I have flares up? When I get in a fight with my spouse? If my kids are sick? When do you struggle the most? Is it holidays, special occasions, because when you are clear on that, and and I really recommend having this on paper because if you just think about it in your head, it's hard to then put something in place because it's just a thought. It's just an idea. And that is very, very different from a plan, from a process, from a procedure. So if I write down that I'm most likely to struggle when I've been doing the work and I'm not seeing results. With that in writing, I can say, so what am I putting in place? Right? Is it a note to myself? Is it an audio to myself? Is it a calendar reminder? Is it something that I write out every single day to begin to reframe the way that I think in those moments? Is it a coach that I reach out to? What is my process? But being able to do that requires that you get really clear on what those times of struggle are for you. When do you drift? When do you disengage? When do you tend to hide in the corner? and fade away? When do you say, it doesn't really matter, I'll start tomorrow? What are those times for you? Because again, nobody, nothing is going to coach you more than the voice in your own head. So if you're not changing, if you're not upgrading the way that you think, Overall, but especially in those times when you're prone to saying, I don't even care, I'll deal with this later, it doesn't matter, what's the point? You can't grow beyond those patterns. So we have to use the tools when you need them the most. Thinking about your goals is a far cry from acting on them consistently. Thinking about your goals is a far cry from acting on them consistently. So, what are those triggers that you use to justify inconsistency, to justify stopping? Really? challenge yourself to take time and reflect on your past patterns. So often these past patterns of ours are a source of shame or a source of embarrassment, a way that we look back. I can't believe I did that. I want you to see them as a treasure trove of Intel that you can tap into to make a bulletproof strategy for moving forward. If your goal is financial, You might be able to look back and say, well, when there's a vacation or when there's a holiday or a date night, those are the times when I'm like, oh, you only live once. I'll get back on track later. I'm going to spend whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I've been making great progress. This little bit won't hurt. Okay, using that, knowing that about yourself, what can we put in place? Do we need a more realistic budget for those events? Have you been setting yourself up for failure by cutting those things out or putting yourself on such a skeletal, uh, such a an emaciated budget that you end up doubling it, tripling it, totally blowing it out of the water, throwing it away altogether? Maybe you need a little bit of a realism check. And and that is also true for folks when they set weight loss goals. Maybe part of the, the problem for you and the reason that you keep running into disappointment, disappointment that is a... A trigger for you to say, What's the point? I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I might as well eat everything I want because you're not being realistic with your weight loss targets. Or maybe you're establishing a plan that is so stringent and so beyond your baseline that you're constantly compelled to overeat, to break away from that, to binge. And you need to be more realistic about the plan that you've created for the way that you're going to eat to lose this weight. Use your past patterns and the situations that you most commonly manipulate and use to justify stopping, pausing, disengaging, undoing the work that you've fought so hard for Please remember that there is so much critical, valuable information in those past patterns that maybe you're not comfortable looking at, that make you feel bad about the way things have been. They're very, very valuable, super valuable. I would love as we go into a new year for all of us to agree that we're going to spend more time on our own goals than observing other people pursue theirs. We're going to spend more time working on ourselves than observing other people working on themselves. Don't get me wrong. I love a good success story on social media as much as the next person. But if that's getting more of my energy and more of my interest and more of my enthusiasm than my own journey, I'm in big trouble. If I'm more compelled by other people's business building journeys, processes, strategies, success stories that I am with my own, something needs to change. There's a book called 100 Percenters and it says that if we vividly describe our goals in writing, we are 1.2 to 1.4 times more likely to achieve them. That's like more than double. So As I write out these, as I share these questions, I would love for you to write out your answers and make sure I talked about this in episode 1155, write out your goals. I've been writing them out daily because I know that just trains my brain on what I want and gets me focused in that direction, but it also increases my odds of success and these questions that we're going through today are very much tied to the goals that you have for 2024. So again, just a reminder to not stop at thinking about the answers while you drive, while you walk, while you work out. Come back to this episode with a pen, with a journal, with a piece of paper, and write out your responses and do that regularly. I actually um, I have a download for you with the questions that I'm asking in this episode. And uh, all you have to do is direct message me with the word goals. G-O-A-L-S, plural, goals. And it'll go right to you. And that way... You can print it out or you can save it and maybe you write about one of these questions every week or every day or you pick two or three that resonate with you the most and you write out your responses to them. But that act of physically writing things down that are related to a vivid description of where we want to go and why and how we're going to get there has a significant impact on whether or not we get where we want to go or not. A lot of times, There's resistance to setting goals because people feel like, I don't even know. Things are rough. I have so many things that need to be better. I need to take better care of my house. I have financial things that need to improve. I have relationship things that need to improve. I have aesthetic things I need to improve and fitness and health things. I don't even know where to begin. So one question you can think about is, what are the areas of my life that I'm dissatisfied with? And if you feel like, oh, my gosh, it's everything, remember that the key to success in asking any question is that you be specific. And sometimes when we're general, it's this default to laziness that we're we're resisting digging in and doing that work. So challenge yourself to slow down and be specific. I'm all over my husband when he answers something generally. Even my sister, when I say, how you doing? I'm OK. That is a nothing answer right? You gave me nothing. You offered me nothing. You didn't open a door for us. Like, tell me more, you know, (laughs) even if it's, work is pretty good except for blah, 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 or the best part of work is X, Y, Z, or I'm feeling really good about this, but I'm not feeling so good about this. Be specific. Give yourself something to work with and resist the tendency to generalize and be vague and gloss over things with something like, I don't even know. Yeah, you do. You just need to slow down and force yourself to do the work. It's an absolutely common and totally understandable default to be like, I don't know, everything, oh, who knows? I can't even think about it. That's a rushing default. It's not all that you're capable of. You certainly have more to give, so slow down and take your time with the question. The next question I'd love for you to spend some time with, hopefully more than once, but certainly at the start of the year, what do you see as the difference between a goal and a commitment? What do you personally see as the difference between a goal and a commitment? Now, you can certainly answer this generally. Well, in general, a goal is an aspiration and a, and a commitment is a pledge to do, blah, blah, blah. I would love for you to make this specific to You. Looking at a goal that you have now, looking at your pursuit of goals in the past, what is the difference between a goal and a commitment? And what are some commitments that you are willing to make? Let's be very honest with ourselves about commitments we're not willing to make. I talked about, uh, I think it was maybe in 1156, about how I gave up sugar. I am not willing to commit to going the rest of my life without sugar. I very much will have sugar again. That is not my commitment overall. It is my commitment today. It was my commitment yesterday. It's been my commitment for the last 30 days or so, but it's not my commitment forever. So don't think that a commitment has to mean that this is a forever thing. It could be a for today thing. It could be a for the month thing. It could be a five days a week thing. I've committed to the Strong Foundations workouts four days a week plus two other workouts per week and walking every day. I've made that commitment. I will find a way, whether it's before my kids wake up, whether it's after they go to bed, whether it's during nap time, whether I need to ask my mom or my in-laws to come over and watch the kids so I can get it done, or I have to bring the kids out with me. That is a commitment. That is very different from a goal because there's not any room in a commitment for, I'm tired, I don't feel like it, it is a commitment. But a lot of people pull back from that idea of commitment because they're thinking about all the exceptions in the world. Yes, there will eventually be a day where I'm like, yeah, I want to have the sugar. It's worth it for me. I'm choosing it deliberately and intentionally and without guilt. But my commitment for right now is no sugar. So look specifically at your things. Now, one of my commitments is to be better about date night with my husband. You guys know that was something I was working on last year. We did not do a good job with it. And when I think about what is the difference between that being a goal and that being commitment, part of the difference with a commitment is like letting somebody else know. So letting my mom and my in-laws know, hey, we're trying to do this once a month. So expect us to come to you guys, and we have other people who could babysit, but it's usually them, expect us to come to you once a month or, hey, let's get on the calendar now and figure out dates that work for everybody so that we can really be deliberate in doing that. Does that mean that if the kids are sick, we're going to say, oh, nope, we committed to date night? No, we're going to adjust, but I'm going to find a way for that to happen every single month, even if it ends up being a breakfast date when the babysitter shows up. Or a pickleball date during nap time when my mother in law is at the house, right? It doesn't have to be an expensive evening out where the kids are with somebody else for hours. But a big part of that difference and a commitment for me is having outside accountability, telling other people, checking in with myself, making a plan, having a process or a procedure or something on the calendar that I am giving my word to, to myself and to others. Another question you can ask yourself, what kind of beliefs am I going to need in order to achieve my goals? What thoughts or stories or perspectives do I need to upgrade, do I need to install, in order to achieve my goals? You can also think about the inverse of this. What perspectives or stories or excuses or beliefs do I have now that can keep me from achieving my goals? One of the big ones for me years ago was this one thing won't hurt. Oh, it's just this one thing. It's no big deal. Where was I with Chris? Oh, we had this, uh, I think I told you about this in the last episode, how we had a post christmas holiday dinner with some extended family and the cocktail menu looked amazing and i asked my husband are you going to get a drink um cuz i was kind of debating like am i going to get one do i want one do i want to do this and he was like have a drink like it's a christmas thing with your family it's a special occasion it's not going to make a difference you've been so good that pattern of thinking does not serve me it is totally different to say that, oh, it's no big deal, it's not going to hurt, than to say this actually isn't good for my health and it isn't good for my goals I'm choosing it anyway. That is a very different level of honesty. But the, the perspective, the stories that I need to have right now with regard to my health is nothing is more valuable and nothing is more enjoyable than being healthy. There's no cookie, there's no alcoholic beverage, there's no pasta that is more enjoyable than being as fit and healthy as possible. Nothing. So once I know what that story is and there's there's several for me and there absolutely is more than one for you, so really push yourself to go deep. Once I know what that is, then we have to ask ourselves, well what am I going to do to keep this top of mind? Right? How do I need to remind myself of this? And more importantly, how am I going to remember to remind myself of this in the moments that matter the most, when I need it the most, when I'm struggling? One of the questions that I love the most, even though it is so incredibly simple, what will I do today to make progress towards my goals? There are some goals, like financial goals, that maybe don't have an action item every single day. Maybe they have... Four action items in a month. You know, that tends to be typical for me. Like, I need to monthly meet with my financial advisor and I need to make deposits in these accounts and I want to, you know, reduce my spending in this way and increase my earnings in this way. But it's not necessarily something I have to do every single day for. When I ask that question, I really challenge myself to to look for ways to make a step forward. There's some things like with weight loss where it's very, very clear what those daily action items are. But even then, when you're asking, hey, what am I going to do today? It helps you to get really specific. It helps you to train your attention on what you're going to do and why it matters. And it solidifies it in your mind in a specific way beyond like, hey, I want to lose weight right? Challenge yourself every single day to be looking for things that you can do to make progress. This is really true in everything. Like, if I ask myself, what is Roman doing right today? I'm training myself to look for all the good he does, whereas if I don't ask that question and I'm not intentional in that way, he might hear me barking at him for the things he's doing wrong, because I'm not intentionally looking for what he's doing right he's absolutely going to grab something he's not supposed to grab if you're new to the show Roman's my two-year-old or he's going to push his sisters or he's going to try to you know put his feet on the kitchen table or something like that and I'm going to respond to those things but if I'm challenging myself every single day or multiple times throughout the day to say hey what is Roman doing right I'm going to recognize that more. And so that's what's happening when we say to ourselves, what will I do today to make progress towards my goals? We're seeing more of those opportunities and we really want to train our brains to see those very opportunities. What is the internal target associated with your goal? I love this question and something I wrote about a lot in... My first book, Chasing Cupcakes, was the difference between external goals and internal targets. And I don't have anything against external goals. I set external goals. I find them to be motivating and compelling and important. But the internal target is often not emphasized as much as it should be or not uh, as much in the spotlight, and if it's more in the spotlight, that can really help us. For example, when I have had weight loss goals, a lot of times it was without the understanding that what I really wanted was freedom from the constant I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to lose weight. I wanted to put that behind me. And when I have that in my mind, like internal target is peace. The internal target is freedom from this struggle. Then it makes me less likely to dismiss things as too small to make a difference or to play the I'll start tomorrow game because look, I just want to get this struggle behind me. I don't want to choose patterns of thought or patterns of behavior that keep me in this cycle that I really, really dislike and want to be free from. So what is the internal target associated with your goal? This next question is a really powerful one, especially if you're somebody who's prone to overwhelm or stress or you just have a lot of balls in the air. How can you pursue this goal with less tension and more ease? The pursuit of your goals does not need to be, and I would say shouldn't be, this stressful, frustrating, shameful thing. It can be fun. It can be Very filled with ease. It does not have to be full of tension. So, what do you need to do? What do you need to change? How do you need to think so that you can pursue this goal with less tension and with more ease? One of the things for me when it comes to money is being very granular about what I'm spending, what I'm making really taking the time to be detail-oriented and on top of things with a budget. Instead of generalizing this sense of like, spend less, make more, it makes it a lot easier if I'm dealing with concrete data and staying on top of that not feeling like I need to catch up at the end of a month. When I think about food or I think about fat loss, planning meals Having the meals be simple, making sure that I always cook enough to have leftovers for a second meal, not just for me, but also for my kids. Making sure that I have lots of healthy options and variety to choose from in the fridge, that I am preparing myself ahead of time when we go out. For example. We are going to a holiday party this evening for my husband's rugby team, and it's at a bowling alley, and it's at dinner time. So I can pursue my goal with less tension and more ease if I have a plan in place. So either I'm going to eat beforehand or I'm going to look at the menu. I'm going to decide what I'm going to get. So I'm not sitting there in this moment being hungry, wondering what should I do? Should I wait? Should I just eat whatever anybody else is eating? Should I, you know, pack a pro? I want to decide ahead of time. And that just removes a ton of tension for me. Maybe for you, it's getting up earlier. That is something that is a way that I pursue my work goals with less tension and more ease. I identify the night before one high ROI, high return activity, so not busy work, one high return task that I'm going to do between when I wake up around five and when my kids wake up around seven. I determine that ahead of time and by knocking that out before they wake up, I don't feel as much pressure going throughout the day. i like, I need to do this and I need to do this and oh my gosh, when am I going to have time and oh, am I going to have to do it after they go to bed when I'm tired and I don't want to and I'm not as focused and I don't have as much energy. So doing one predetermined high return task For my work goals, so not busy work, specific to driving forward my goals, before the kids wake up five or six days a week, really helps me pursue those business goals with less tension and more ease. So how can I pursue this goal with less tension and more ease? Does the amount of time you're giving to your goals match their importance? Do you need to make some shifts? Do you need to cut back on the TV time or the phone time or the tablet time or whatever it is that you're doing in the evenings or on the weekends? Do you need to carve out more time for staying on top of things, keeping up so you don't have to catch up, getting more organized, executing so you're not constantly falling behind and feeling overwhelmed and frustrated? Does the amount of time that you're giving to your goals match their importance? What does it look like to take responsibility for your goal? A lot of times it's very easy to blame the fact that you got the flu, that you had a sick kid, that you had a deadline at work. What will it look like for you to take responsibility for your goal? When I have a goal of like 10,000 steps per day, It requires a lot of communication with my husband because my treadmill I don't really have a great place in the wintertime to walk near me, and then that's extra time of driving, so it's usually on my treadmill out in my office, but that requires a lot of communication and teamwork with my husband because if he's hunting in the morning, I can't do it then because the monitor for the kids doesn't reach out there, and so I'm constantly having to communicate about when I can go out there, or what that's going to look like. Am I going to do it when the kids nap? Am I going to do it uh, between dinner and when they go to bed? After they go to bed, like how is that going to work? And taking responsibility for my goals means that is 100% on me. That is not on him. It is not my husband's responsibility to create this time for me or be around enough that I can carve out this time later. It is on me. So sometimes that means I'm waking up earlier. Sometimes that means I'm walking while I'm doing other work projects or I'm doing other things or while I'm taking a phone call that I needed to take. But that is fully on me and he has zero responsibility for it. So I'm never going to blame him or my kids or anybody else as the reason I couldn't do it. It is on me to figure out a way and I absolutely am resourceful enough to do so. Another great question that kind of follows up on what I talked about in the year-end recap that I did about why I started checking my weight daily. If you have not listened to that episode, that shift is not one I saw coming, and I talk about it in a lot of detail, who I recommend it for, why I don't recommend it, but one of the things I talk about, I think that was in 1156, one of the things I talk about is being eyes wide open on your process. Maybe you're doing that with a consistency calendar. Maybe you're doing that with a scale. Maybe you're doing that with a budget or with a coach, an accountability partner. But what do you need to put in place so that your eyes are wide open to your progress? What do you need to put in place so that you can't hide from it, so that you are not tempted to hide from it? so that you are face-to-face with what's really happening and you can't generalize and say things like, oh, I'm doing pretty well, I'm doing better than I used to do, so that you really know what's actually going on, not over aspirations or intentions. How are you keeping your goals front of mind? For me, this one's really easy. I write them down every single day, And I use my consistency calendar as well as the Streaks app every single day. But I'm writing down my goals at least once every day, usually in the morning. And as I go through the day, I have predetermined when I'm going to execute my daily action items. And I'm holding myself accountable to those in a visual way that keeps them top of mind by using the consistency calendar, that visual tracking component as well as the Streaks app, but what do you need to put in place so that you're never forgetting, getting pulled by other things in your life, or putting them on the back burner? What do you need to do to get more excited about your goals? If you're pursuing your goals with the sense that it's annoying, it's frustrating, it's a pain in the butt, it takes so much time, you don't really want to do it, this is awful, you need a mindset upgrade. I want you to be excited about your goals. I also want you to be excited about the process of pursuing them. It feels so good to observe your progress and to celebrate your consistency. I felt so proud of my choices on Christmas Day and the fact that I got my workout in, I got my walk-in, I got my sauna, my red light. I didn't have any sugar. There was no sense of missing out. I was really genuinely proud of myself and that feels so good. That feels so much better than any cocktail, than any dessert. So, What do you need to do or shift in your practices or your perspectives or both so that you're more excited about your goals? I really want you to take your time answering these questions, not once, not twice, but regularly. Maybe there are one or two that resonate with you that you Ask often a few times a week, maybe even every day, or maybe you go through all of them once a month or once a quarter. But remember that these are tools and tools only have value to the extent that we use them. I know that's a tricky part with podcasts, that it's easy to just passively listen and not implement. But I i want you to resist that, that default mode. You can direct message me on Instagram or on Facebook, the word goals, plural, G-O-A-L-S. And if you do that, you'll get a list of these questions that we talked about today if you want to work through them on your own. And as I said at the top of the show, I want to be a big part of your progress towards your goals this year. So I would love when you message me, Uh, in a separate message because that goals one is an automated thing to kick you that list of questions. But message me again and tell me what you're working on. Tell me how I can help. Tell me what you'd love to hear about on the podcast or in an email that can support your journey as we go into a new year. And I'll keep coming at you daily with the podcast. Happy New Year. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon.